SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. Dr. Mangena, a very good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Good morning, Kathy. David, thank you for your time as well. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Let me let me begin with you, uh, Dr. Mangen. And you know, it's interesting. I was reading um, the piece that you had had put together for the City Press yesterday, uh, reflecting on on the life of Steve Biko and you know how he implored the nation to keep talking, and the fact that there's still so much for us to um, to to talk about. And the, the moment then, I think, becomes apt in terms of what is in that conversation, reflecting on somebody who unquestionably was a significant figure in our political, cultural life uh, in this country. And just, I suppose, your own reflections without perhaps drawing too much on what others have said about him, but but your own reflections on um, Prince Mangosuto Butelezi. Yeah, well, he's a, a, a very big character, a personality in the politics and history of our country. And um, it is checkered. It's difficult. It's, it's, um, it will anger some. Um, and I think that for some of us who have an association with him ever since, uh, quote-unquote, ever since my student days at the University of Zululand, um, he... He was chief minister of uh, KwaZulu when I was a student there. And there was a time when we, he came to the university and he was claiming uh, Richard Bay, that it must fall under uh, the KwaZulu boundaries then. And the whole student body uh, was in support of that. And we demonstrated, etc. cetera, um, uh, to the extent that the authorities were very angry until such time that Sasso and the DPC adopted uh, a position against Bantu stands. And uh, the, it therefore meant uh, that we could no longer have a relationship uh, with anybody who is in the Bantu stands. It doesn't matter what they say, what their pronouncements are. The fundamental fact was that they were in, in, in the Bantu stand system. And, but then uh, during the struggle for, for freedom, when it uh, heated up, um, the party that he led um, uh, was was involved in very atrocious things. Uh, during the June 16 uprisings, for example, um, the Inkata people in the hostels um, uh, killed quite a lot of people in Soweto and elsewhere. And then there were uh, all these uh, battles in KwaZulu-Natal with the UDF, which was is itself not um, a saint. Uh, you remember how the UDF was involved in necklaces, uh, necklacing our people. And the, the struggle was that we, we fought was mainly against ourselves. We, no white man was ever necklaced. We necklaced one another in the townships. We fought against one another. Uh, quite a lot of families would would uh, testify that they suffered at the end of uh, at the hands of the UDF, and yet today perhaps those things are, are not being talked about. So later on, then I uh, met him again in Parliament. We were both parliamentarians, and we related very well. We served in the cabinet together, and he chaired some of the cabinet committees, 
and uh, at that time there was no fighting so the 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 the, the big thing was on reconciliation and um and, and that, that as a nation we should move forward uh, he has he has he has passed on now and i understand that uh, all those uh, positive and negative things uh, must come onto the on, onto the stage into the open um, so that we, we as a people we can learn from them uh, but one thing that uh, personally i admire about him was his promotion of um, a culture and tradition um, amongst african people that is if you uh, accept uh, that the promotion of uh, zulu culture and traditions ipso facto means uh, that even other ethnic groups can do the same and that that i admire them but then there are other things that are really unsavory uh, just as bad as what we have just been listening to relating to uh, nandipa um, who is is a very detestable character at least on the face of it at the moment and look we have to break uh, this discussion in order to to listen to another character Mm. Uh, that uh, yeah that, that that is so defective and and so repulsive the talking point with Kathy Motlasana weekdays 9 a.m. till midday all right we continue the conversation on the talking point we're still reflecting on the life and times of prince butelezi david let me give you a chance perhaps to speak around your own in reflections and and how to make sense of of this moment Thank you very much, uh, Katie. Just to greet Ndatemangena uh, over there. Uh, I'm happy because as a veteran, he's here to share real experiences of how we engaged with uh, uh, the late uh, uh, Prince Mango Kutubitelis. So my contributions in this conversation, therefore, would be the way of reflecting on his life, uh, on the life lessons that we can draw, you know, and how this can uh, advance the the cause of uh, oppressed people in this country. Therefore, I choose to look at this uh, matter from a purely uh, liberatory uh, Africanist perspective. So, yes, David. This conversation that has emanated after his passing are meant to achieve, and also how will they assist the cause of uh, you know, black liberation. However, at the center of this debacle or the discourse is the debate on the liberation or oppression of black people, whichever way we can look at it. However, as uh, Mangana has indicated, there is something missing in the conversation when we talk about the, the legacy of Prince uh, Mangos to put it which is the white man or the invaders. So what is their role in this mess? So it's about, you know, black-on-black conversation once again to follow on the black-on-black violence. Therefore, I am very much cautious about, you know, black disunity, uh, you know, which spills on -on black-on-black violence. You know, KP, the whole conversation should remind us that from the proverbial sense that, you know, when the two two elephants fight, it's the grass that suffers. Basically, that is where we find ourselves at. So even now, we, 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 we still on this tendency 
of reacting to the death of somebody with you know, massive media coverage after that death, whereas they don't have time to respond to whatever allegations or accusations that we may be having around them. However, that being said, we must not stop to search for the truth. My view is that uh, we are settled with a, a sense of hypocrisy in terms of what happened during the, the, the struggle. People don't want to talk, uh, you know, the, 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 the truth as, as it were. So I'm, for instance, a, one of the generations that grew up with the dominant narrative given around around Mangosuku-Butelizu. For instance, we it is just recently that many people have come to know that he actually was a part of the ANC, having joined the ANC's league in the 1940s. Number two, that is one of the very, very few people in the, in our politics that was mentored by three uh, in the prominent ANC uh, presidents, whether it's Dube, whether it's Sam, whether it's Lituri. So these things were actually withheld from, from us. But importantly, that uh, uh, he was encouraged by the ANC to participate in the very same system, the homeland system that has been, uh, you know, uh, sort of discouraged or, or criticized, and and therefore being labeled as a as a collaborator. And for for that, Inkata itself was formed, you know, at the insistence of. Uh, the ANC and including people such as uh, uh, President Kanakawinda. So these kind of stories were not told. Therefore, I think we are settled with uh, issues of uh, hypocrisy in a, in, a, in a particular way. So it becomes okay. it therefore becomes difficult to to deliberate on such a complex uh, you know life which has got you know, these contrasting views and also shrouded in untruth as, as, as it were. Mm. So what do we do as, 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 as black people now is to try, and which I encourage, to try to engage on this matter uh, truthfully and ask ourselves how does this conversation assist us to further uh, pursue the agenda of uh, All right, right, David, thanks for that contribution. Let me bring in Professor Mary de Haas, who's also, of course, um, written about the life and times of uh, Prince Butelezi. Professor de Haas, you say a political career defined by apartheid ministers and Zulu nationalism. Good morning. Uh, Good morning, Kathy and listeners. Yes, that's in the Mail and Guardian article, yes. Overall, um, your, your reflections on, on, on his life and I suppose, again, um, Professor De Haas, how you make sense of, of, of this moment, um, because it is very much clear that this was a complex man. And depending on which aspect of his life you're looking at or even the period you're looking at, you can come up with a, a different perspective. Look, I'm trying to situate what happened in the broader picture, but I think, I mean, what I'm seeing now, of course, is a lot of people who are, who suffered in the violence in Khating and KZN, what is now KZN, who cannot forgive and forget. And I think you have to understand what people went through there. I don't want to talk about that. It's published. There's been GRC findings about it. 
And But I just need to explain. I mean, if you look at, I mean, one of the people who gets heavily criticized is Marshall McConaughey, but you must understand what those kids went through in those townships at the hands of vigilantes who are aligned to Encarta and the Kwasulu police. I mean, at one stage, I actually went in because Monty's mother is an old friend of mine, and I went in and fetched him and his brother because we were scared that they would be killed. So these old wounds have never really been healed. In fact, in KZN, we have so many victims of trauma. And I mean, it was also Comsoxies, for example. It was... All of that has never really been addressed, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to try and situate what happened and the role of the deceased Prince Bortolesi, because he was indeed, he had been um, in his youth, he'd been a member of the ANC, and it's just a pity he didn't take advantage later on of kind of going back. But I want to explain. You see, the findings of the TRC, for example, he contested, but there were findings against other parties, including, for example, the ANC, because what the TRC expected was for leadership to take responsibility, even if they weren't physically out there kind of taking part in self-defense units or self-protection units or dropping bombs or whatever was happening. And there was a lot of sensitivity because um, the the IFP did not really want to engage with the TRC and then contested the findings. There were certain revisions, but the findings against Bortolesi still stand simply because he was the leader of the IFP and he was also the, uh, the, the minister of the police a very, very brutal police in KwaZulu. So it's in that role, not in his personal capacity, that the criticism has been made, even if it's just, well, he may not have directed them, but he didn't do anything about it. I think that's the critique we're looking at. But I I want to explain how, you see, he was a very promising young politician. He He had a charisma and uh, he was he was well thought of in the 70s by white people, business, academics. He engaged with initiatives, progressive initiatives. And then, of course, what happened is in the 80s, there was a growing resistance uh, to... And look, he didn't take homeland independence, but quite frankly, he wasn't offered very much. They were 19th century reserve lands, nothing of any value. And by the time 94 came, there was very little difference between in independence and non-independence. But so he, there was quite a lot made of that. But you see, there were other options for him. You, you see, he was operating, let's just call it Natal, because it was Natal before with patches. I mean, if you, if you were in Durban, you would go to Umlazi, which is a huge township, which was part of England of the of the uh, KwaZulu and you go next door to the small township of Lamontville which was still in South Africa. So in the early 80s, this is how it all started. In the early 80s, there were a few of these small townships, Chesterville in Durban, Lamontville, near Umlazi that were to be incorporated into KwaZulu. You must understand, because I think most people don't realize this now, it's a whole new generation, that if you were incorporated where you lived into a homeland, including KwaZulu, you'd lose all your rights 
to being South African. You would have to apply for work. You'd have to get a permit to work in white South Africa. It was a mad system. So there was opposition, and that was perceived. And this was about the time the UDF was formed. So it appeared to be very threatening to the IFP. The IFP and, and the KwaZulu were one and the same thing, basically. So that was when... It was resistance to this incorporation. Now, you must understand that at this stage, that there had been plans by white business. We have in Natal, you have to understand, Natal was always a bit different. It was typically, it used to be called the white last outpost of the British Empire because you had this British colonialism here that didn't even want to be incorporated into uh, the Union of South Africa in 1910. There was always this resistance, well, we're Italians, you know, we're not part of this government. Anti-Africanism, all sorts of things. Now, this kind of colonialism wanted, this was where the Butanese Commission was formed in 1918. Let's look at a different solution for this region you know, Butelezi doesn't need to take independence. We will opt for a confederal system, which was basically almost semi-independence. And you had the Butelezi Commission. Then you had something called the Kwanatela Ndaba in the 1986, I think it was. So he was being courted by all these... Uh, and overseas, he had people overseas, America, England, um, and the business community here, initially the religious community, but the religious community distanced themselves, the main religions, of course, in the 80s after this violence broke out. But this is the important thing people don't understand about what was happening in Kwazulu. You see, the nationalist government, who obviously wanted to keep this region as part of its own its own empire, they they then in the um, in the early eighties, but seeing just you know that Butelezi was a real obstacle in terms of getting all this white support. They and and was as I said a very engaging politician. They then uh, infiltrated their agents all around. The members of BOSS, the security, were working in KwaZulu from the early days of the homeland. Uh, the police and military were everywhere. The vigilantes that killed people in the name of Inkata were criminals linked to the police. And the people around Utelezi, his key advisors, were South African military people or security police. One one of them was Walter Felgate. He wrote the speeches. He was a military man, exposed later as a military man. The another advisor, a lot of his advisors were were actually apartheid military and police. Another notorious advisor was Philip Powell, who was a security, a right wing security policeman. He was another key Inkata advisor. Now my sense is, at one stage, Botelezi's supporters, uh, I think it was in Carter Institute, actually, which supported him, produced a huge volume to say, this is what the ANC is saying about you. They're threatening to kill you. There was a huge propaganda war on by apartheid to distance him from the ANC. So the man obviously believed that the ANC in turn were going to kill him. But it mean, it was probably propaganda. So I think when you evaluate what was happening in the 80s and 90s, you have to see him as being surrounded by these 
people. It got worse in the early 90s when All negotiations right. were happening. And you got these very suspicious people, Blaustein and Ambrosini came in as advisors, and that became a more hardline opposition to the negotiations. So I think right. what's important is to understand this context, because it wasn't. It wasn't black on black violence. It never was. It was the apartheid state using its surrogates in the homelands to unleash violence against the liberation movement. All right. And that's Prof. what Dehas, it was. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to interject there because, you know, we, we're completely out of time. We'll have to... We'll have to, to. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have to try and 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 reschedule this conversation and and you know really have a continuation the opportunity to get into all of this history. Um, we certainly have not done it any justice um, today in in the way that it happened, and of course much of our time also being eaten up by the developments in Bloemfontein. So I do apologize for that, and and we will absolutely reschedule. Um, to the guests, Professor Mary Mary de Haas, Doctor. Sibudi Mangena and David Lezzolo, thank you for your contributions. It's time for your